Welcome to another exciting episode of Unlock Your Child's Full Potential. I'm your host, Billy, here to help you teach your kiddos the life lessons that will bring them closer to success and fulfillment later in life. Today, we're delving into a vital aspect of your child's future success, financial literacy. Guiding us through this essential conversation is our fantastic guest, Rella B., a children's book author dedicated to educating young minds. Ever pondered the best way to introduce money to your kids? Rella B., drawing inspiration from her childhood, shares the importance of early financial discussions. She unravels her personal journey, highlighting the pitfalls of credit cards and championing the integration of practical money management into daily life. But here's the pressing question. How do you lay the foundation for your child's financial success? Relaby provides practical tips stressing the involvement of kids in real-life financial decisions. From exploring stocks to budgeting for clothing, she advocates a hands-on approach, letting children experience managing money and learn from their choices. Relaby emphasizes the shift away from physical cash and the need to instill the importance of managing money in a world dominated by debit cards and mobile payments. And for those eager to delve deeper into the topic of financial education, check out episode 11 with Tanya Vasayo, focusing on helping kids cultivate a healthy relationship with money. Find the link in the show notes for an extended exploration of this crucial topic. Join us as we empower our children for a financial savvy future. Hi, Rella. Welcome to the show. We have an exciting topic to talk about, teaching money to kids. Will you tell us what inspired you to get into that? I actually was inspired by my childhood. There was a lot of times where my parents would tell me, oh, you know, you can't get that right now, or you can't do that right now. Or my dad would be investing. And I would say, well, how do I do that? And he was like, oh, well, you just make an account on this website. Okay. <laughs> So as a 12-year-old, and the internet was still relatively new, I didn't understand those things. I don't have a bank account. I don't get any of that. And it just wasn't a conversation that was had regularly enough in my family. I think that kids should be regularly introduced to money and how you use it. Lots of kids don't see cash as much anymore because we have debit cards, credit cards. You just tap your phone and pay. So... As kids get more disconnected to cash and the functions of I give you a $20 bill and you give me $450, it's becoming more of like a figment of their imagination. Like, oh, you know, money is there. It comes and goes, which is true. But you have to manage it. You need to tell your money where to go. You need to have places to put your money. Are you saving your money and getting interest on it? Or are you spending money on a credit card and having to pay interest on it. There's so many different facets of money that need to be introduced to kids at a younger age. So then by the time they get to be 15, 16, and they're paying for gas, they realize that, okay, you know, I have my allowance now and I can budget my allowance for gas. And they have that responsibility and they're not just asking parents for money because then they'll have a better sense of self and a better sense of managing money. I had to learn the hard way. Would you tell us a little bit about that? What do you mean the hard way? I definitely went down the deep end when it came to credit. When I turned 18, I was like, oh, I can have a credit card now. I'm going to go get a credit card. 
And I surely did. And I surely maxed it out within probably two years. And I would always pay it on time. And I would be on top of my bills for the most part. But going from not really having money as a day-to-day, even though I had jobs and I had a credit card, I'd pay my bills, to going to living completely alone and having to pay a water bill, How learning how to turn on utilities, just making your account, all of these things are just, there's small things to do, but when you have to do all of those things at once, when now you're an adult and you're out on your own, it can be really overwhelming. So just having the fundamentals of, how to manage your money helps you with all of those things because then all you're worried about is the logistics of it, not, oh, well, how am I going to pay this bill this month? Or did I get myself in a situation where I am overextended? Yeah, or you call your mommy to ask for yeah, help. <laughs> exactly. So how do you think we should start laying the foundation for our kids? Right now, I have a a small child. She's three. And how I started with her is I want to make sure that her credit is set up for her by the time that she turns 18. So she's actually on three of my credit cards already. And I have no balance on those credit cards or a very small balance. And sometimes she'll take me out to lunch. I'll let her pay with her credit card. And then I'll just show her the number when it balances out to the credit card account. And then we'll pay it. And I tell her the difference between like a bank account and a credit card. She doesn't totally grasp all of that. She knows that money can be cash or a card and that she has her own cards to pay. Well, that's because she's younger now. When it gets to the point that she's older, I'll start giving her a small allotment of cash. And then when she can start doing any sort of addition and subtraction, we'll start looking at her bank balance and her credit card balance and we'll go online and pay it together. So then she can have her allotment. Okay, I'm going to go to the store and I get to buy $10 worth of things from the dollar store. And then we'll be like, okay, your balance is $10. There's taxes to pay. And just go through all of that with her, like with a calculator on the phone and then go up to the cash register, pay, and then go back and look at her balance afterwards. I just think that it's really important to integrate the actual management of money, which isn't always cash. Like you can Mm. give your child cash all the time and they can work with their allowance. They can go to the skating rink. They can go do all those things. But when it comes to managing their actual bank account, that normally starts later, like maybe 12, 13, 14, 15. And even then, it's normally not bills coming out of their account. If they want to have a small subscription like Spotify or Pandora, it's really awesome if you can put money in their account and then have them track that it's coming out and, you know, okay, I need to do some extra chores this week because I would also like to go to this pool party and buy a present and just have them be cognizant of how it looks electronically. Because most likely when they get older, they're going to be doing everything electronically. Yeah, I give my kids cash and they manage their cash. My oldest is 10, but I haven't thought of having a credit card for them. They probably don't know how to use it, what to look for, how to experience money going out of the bank account. So you're right. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, there's certain credit cards that you can get your children on as soon as they're born. And, you know, some, not all of them do that. And I'm not a financial expert by any means. These are just things that I've 
started to implement for my child because when I had to learn the hard way, I started using Dave Ramsey's techniques. And so I paid off all my debt using the debt snowball. And then after I did that, I wasn't really feeling paying everything in cash. And I don't like managing bills. It gets to be really hectic if you have a lot of bills, just keeping track of everything. And I normally have more than one bank account. So I started paying my bills by the year and I would start with a small bill and then I would go up to like a really big bill. And I started using the debt snowball in a way to pay my bills. And because of that, it changed my life. Now I'm only paying one to two bills a month and I have more expendable cash. The cash that is in my account, I can decide whether I'm investing it, whether I'm using it on a vacation. And it's because there's not as much money moving in and out. It just makes it so much easier to keep track of. And so yeah. when I started thinking about different ways to handle your finances that were maybe a little bit more unconventional, I was like, I want to make sure that I set my daughter up now because I don't want her to have to learn the hard way like I did. Yeah. What about debt? It's a bit more complex explaining how that works. Have you thought about how to introduce the conversation? Yes. So I do have a book actually that's written about that. It's a picture book. So it's a little younger demographic and I primarily write children's books. So I'm going to write another one, but it's going to come from a perspective of debt as far as integrity. So when you start lying and you have to keep telling lies to cover your tracks and you've gotten yourself in such a big hole that you're like feeling anxious about your lies, that's a very similar feeling to getting into debt and then falling further and further into debt because it becomes more stressful. It becomes more of a problem for your life. And I feel like if I can connect those two for children, it'll give them an idea that debt is not always the best. There's, I guess you could say good debt and bad debt. But I think just explaining that if you get yourself too far, it gets a lot harder to get out. And I think that's a really good way of doing it while also mixing in um, a different type of lesson as well. Yeah, maybe at a younger age, this lesson is more important than explaining about good debt. Right. And then as far as good debt goes, I feel like as long as you're utilizing your credit properly, and that would be something that's a little bit harder to explain to younger kids. But for older kids, as long as you're using your debt or your credit responsibly, and maybe you're paying it off every month or you have a goal like, okay, I'm going to pay this off as soon as I charge my card, or you pay off this statement every month. You just have to have clear boundaries for yourself. And I think it's important that kids know what their boundaries are. And by setting up a budget and showing them how to use that budget, they can plan for that. Or it could be a great lesson if we let them experience how it goes when they fail, right? With smaller sums when they're younger. So they know the feeling. I wouldn't say fail, but definitely I would show them the bank account again and say, hey, you know, we charged $25 on your card today. This is on your credit card. You know, you have the choice. You can pay this off by this date and then you won't have to pay interest or you can let it roll over a month and we'll see how much interest you have to pay. And then maybe one time let it roll over a month or let it roll over two months and then see that now the toy that they bought for $25 is now maybe $32. 
because they let it sit there. I would do it in a way like that, but not necessarily letting them fail to the point where they're like <laughs> drowning Yeah, in that, sores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree. I think that we should tie in those lessons in, you know, gamified approach so they get it. Even for kids uh, 10, 11, 12, they still might find the, the big ideas too complex. Investing, for example. Have you thought about setting an investment account for her at some point? Yes, she has an investment account. I think now investing with the way that crypto is and how easily accessible it is to invest with Cash App, that it might not be as hard to explain investing as it is debt. Because, you know, you can, I don't know how old you have to be. I think you have to be 18 to have a Cash App, but you can always set up a small account for them and let them know, okay, we're going to put $10 in every month. Or maybe you just put in $100 at the beginning of the year. And then every month you check it and they can see how their interest is growing and they can normally see the little lines and all of that stuff, especially on the way the apps are set up now. I feel like it's a lot easier for them to grasp that with the visuals. Debt, normally if you, you know, put $20 on your credit card, they don't have a graph for like, oh, you're going to be way down here if you don't pay it Yeah. on your account. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I know you're excited to share with your kids the valuable lessons Relabi just discussed. However, have you ever felt disheartened when your teaching seemed to fall on deaf ears, affecting your enthusiasm? It might not be the topic, but rather the way it's communicated. Uncover the secrets of effective communication with your child by learning the 10 common mistakes parents make and the proven workarounds that significantly enhance your connection. Don't let communication barriers hinder your efforts to guide and empower your child. Unlock the power of effective communication now. Grab your free guide at unlockyourchildsfullpotential.com forward slash cheat sheet. The link is also placed in the show notes. Strengthen your bond with your child and foster a thriving learning environment. That's what I did, actually. Created uh, an account for my daughter, for both of them. And they invested $100 each in crypto. And now they're asking all the time, uh, where's the price? What's happening with my money? So there's an excitement and they're eager to learn more this way. I love that. Yeah. Getting them involved in just the different things because it's, it's not detrimental at this point. And I guess, like you said, you can let them fail because if you give them a hundred dollars, let's say the crypto goes bad tomorrow, they're in a safe place. They have everything they need. They'll still be bummed out, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but it allows them to get involved, like you said, and be super exciting. Yeah. And make some decisions like, am I cashing out now? Or I'm leaving the whole thing roll for a little longer, or I'm taking some of the money out. They can just see what happens. Right. And then you can always diversify it too for them. Like, okay, do you want to do uh, two types of cryptos or two stocks? Or, you know, I think that's something that you would wait a little bit later to explain maybe 13 and up for the different types of investments and all of the different ways that you can do it. But there's lots of courses too that are out specifically for children to learn different things about finances. And I think that those are honestly things that should be taught in schools since they spend so much time there, but they could always come home and do 
a 20 minute section of a course about investing, they could get paid for that as a chore. Like if you wanted to pay your child to start learning how to do some of those skills, it would be amazing. I wish that I we love had that a idea. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Do it as a chore. Yeah. Like come home, you have, you can pick whatever course it is you want. You want to learn how to do options. Okay. We can do that. Like, let's find a course that you can take because the courses, there's so many courses available online that are such good quality. And most of them are written, I would say to like a sixth grade reading level. So there's no reason why kids can't take those same courses that grownups are taking for marketing or for social media management or anything they want to do sewing, like <laughs> they can start mm -hmm. building those skills now and they can start learning more about themselves that way too. Maybe they always wanted to be a fashion designer, but then they take the sewing course and they realize that they didn't like it. Online courses provide you with so many resources and almost like a, a taste of, okay, this is going to be something I enjoy or it's not before you dive too deep into paying for college, maybe for accounting. And then they realize they don't like it. I love that. That's a great way to, to find what's your thing. Do you have any games you like to teach kids money concepts like Monopoly or another one? I love Monopoly. I feel I personally always get really heated about Monopoly. <laughs> so I feel like that's probably the best game when it comes to teaching money. I also have another favorite, Cashflow for Kids. I've played that, yes. That's a good one. Definitely. Wondering... If we have any practical tips to tell parents, like if they want to start right now, some kind of a framework steps to take to get to the outcome of feeling, okay, my kids are prepared for the real world. I feel like for every parent, it's really going to vary, but I would ultimately decide what it is your goals are and where you are financially. And then to start, you could really just involve your kids in what you're doing. You know, maybe everybody doesn't have $100 to put in an account and just let their child decide a stock and see if it does well or see if it doesn't. But if you are doing those types of things, you can just show your child like, hey, you know, I'm going to switch my money from NVIDIA to Facebook. And this is why. And show them articles that have to do with that. Or if you are getting ready for school and you want to go buy them clothing, you can just start by, hey, you know, this is how much money we have for clothes. This is my goal for you guys to have 10 shirts and 10 pants. So let's go ahead and, you know, figure out what brands are going to work, take them to go shopping, let them figure out the math. I think the first step is just involving them in what you're doing. And then after that, If you want to build their credit, you can get them credit cards, but not give it to them. <laughs> Or you mm -hmm. can just give it to them whenever you guys go out supervised and let them know what they can pay for. I feel like the biggest thing in all of it is doing things together, whether they're doing it with your money, whether you're giving them money and you're showing them how to do it, you know, just having those conversations, doing it together, making sure that they understand the consequences or outcomes that could happen with their money. I think that's the most important part. Yeah, I think you're right. I was thinking of giving an allowance 
for the month. I mean, right now I'm not doing it, but maybe give them their money for the month and let them manage it. So they see if on on the second week they're out of money already. So they have to do better next time. Right. I think that would be great. And then if they need more money, then they can do, you know, a class or they can maybe help out more around the house to be able to get more money. That's difficult for now because motivation is low. Maybe I'm, I'm not paying enough <laughs> for the chores. But yeah, they're not very motivated to help out. A question I love to ask all of my guests. What is one thing you consciously do to nurture the relationship with your kid? Every, I can't say every time because sometimes she gets to me, she's three and she knows how to press my buttons. Mm. But before I respond to her, I try to make sure that it would not be something that I would not like to repeat in my head because I don't want her to grow up and have my voice as her inner critic. So when I say things, I try not to say, you're being mean or you are rude or you are shy or you are, you know, I don't try to say a lot of things like that. I try to tell her, you know, what you did doesn't make me feel really good or how you're acting right now is hurting my feelings. Or I would prefer you don't do that because that makes mama feel like you're unsafe right now. And I try not to make it about, oh my gosh, you're being crazy or you're being mad or you're doing that because I don't ever want her in her head to be like, oh, I'm being this or I'm being that because there's some things in my head that my parents would tell me and I'm like, oh, like maybe I shouldn't yeah. do that. I don't want to breed insecurity in her and I never want her to have my voice as anything but encouraging as part of her conscience. I love that. I love that. And I guess it's uh, hard to do it all the time. They, there might be situations where you, it's out of your control. <laughs> but I think that in those times, it's uh, it's important to go back and apologize and tell her that's not the way I wanted to respond. I am fine apologizing to my three-year-old. I have done it many a times. And I also made it a point to correct other people when they're talking to her too. Because I don't want someone else to be a negative voice in her head either. Just telling her like, you are shy. Not that being shy is a bad thing, but she's not really shy. They maybe just don't know her that well. So I stand up for her in front of other people. Not It's not like a fighting thing with like dad or I, but when someone says like, oh, she's, she's shy. I'm like, she's really not shy. She's really outgoing she just needs a little bit of time to warm up and when she's ready to warm up then she'll come out and she'll be her full happy self and she does normally in 10 minutes and then they're like whoa but you know I just never <laughs> want her to internalize things that people say so I try to gently correct people in a way that know that she knows that like I respect her as a person but I also am showing the other people respect when I gently redirect them to a different way of saying things about her Amazing approach. <laughs> I love it. Rella, would you please tell people where they connect with you, get your books, and learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, I have a website. It's just Rella with two L's, R-E-L-L-A-B books.com. 
And there you can find all of my media. I have a podcast where we do read aloud with kids. And then I have a YouTube channel where I sing off key and I do book readings for little kids. My content is made for kids, probably about two to eight. I try to do a little interactive stretching routine with them in the beginning. And then we do a riddle and then the riddle has to do with the story. And then we read the story and go over the lessons of the stories. Amazing. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Reading with Rella B. Okay. Thank you, Rella. It was awesome talking to you. Nice talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Billy. Thank you for tuning in and letting me be a part of your day. Remember to hit the subscribe button to stay updated on our latest episodes. And before you go, make sure to grab your free communication guide at unlockyourchildsfullpotential.com forward slash chi